Yeah, Calvin, obviously I have some stuff to talk about. Thank you, sir. Jerry, you never have stuff to talk about. <laughs> I feel like I gotta, like, should I go through the list on my phone of things, of topics? Adults with adults who are picky eaters? Let's talk about that. <laughs> no, I got, I got a list. We'll get to it. You're rolling, I'm rolling. Welcome to the Open Road Podcast. My name is Jeremy. My name is Calvin. Welcome back, folks. It is so good to once again be with you chatting about adventure. Oh, a holiday adventure nonetheless. It is Thanksgiving weekend here in the Great North. Canadian holiday. How many uh, American listeners do you think we have in terms of percentage that are like, wait, what? You guys are celebrating Thanksgiving now? Percentage or actual numbers? I don't know. Either or. Percentage, 20%. Wow, that would be great. Yeah, that's no. I'm pretty firm on that. Nice, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, yeah. for our uh, American listeners, we got uh, Thanksgiving weekend happening uh, right now. Uh, Monday's a holiday for us, where we just get to pound turkey and and uh, w- what else do we do on Thanksgiving? I guess you know, go for a hike, hang with family. That's that it. kind of stuff. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Um, um Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead because we didn't prep it all for this episode and you said you have just tons of things to talk about. I have a ton of stuff to talk about. you wouldn't even let me consult my list. (laughs) So let's hear it, pal. Okay, well, first before we do that, let's just do a quick quick uh, recap. So this podcast is all about helping you find adventure in the everyday. Right. We talk about adventure kind of from five vantage points. Sport and hobby, arts and culture, food and drink, uh, exploration and the outdoors. And last but not least, Calvin. Commerce and entrepreneurship. Commerce and entrepreneurship. Boom. So we kind of like to have those buckets as general themes for our podcast so that we're getting a wide variety of content to you, our beloved listeners. But hey, Jer, like the last few <laughs> weeks, you've been doing kind of only the one category. Oh, what category is that? Seems we've been doing a lot of sport and hobby. Yeah. and But the cool thing about that is we've been getting professionals on. Well, actually, no. We've only released one sport and hobby, but today is another sport Today's and hobby. Another. Sport, um, and we have another one coming up, and maybe two more coming up. Yeah, no, so yeah, we were we thought we were going to be on a bit of a roll with this, and we are, which uh, I'm excited professional, about. Professional athletes. Today, a little bit later in the episode, we're going to chat with uh, uh, Keith St. Ange, who's a professional uh, barefoot water skier, which is just awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's a little understated, Jer, for his What's ti- understated? For, for his title. Professional? Yeah. It's decorated, also would work. Decorated. Yeah, world dominant, world, cl- world class. Uh, you know, best in best in the world at, at one point for sure. We got a lot of questions for this guy. All, all around interesting guy. Yeah, stay tuned for that. But yeah, I do have a bit of a list that we need to get to here. All right, Colin. all right, right. Let's First start thing us off. we have not chatted about, and we chatted about this a few episodes back, uh, was Tyrone's bachelor party. Yeah, we. Uh, when did we chat about that? Well, we didn't, but we chatted about bachelor parties in general. We nice. gave people a bunch of advice, things yeah. like find a good place to sleep, um, yeah, make yeah. sure you're prepared. What were some other? What were some of our other tips? Um, that, just like that stuff was, to bring, essentials, yeah. mainly just like getting somewhere to sleep is my big thing. Yeah, and it was also just making those times really special for the the groom or for the bride if you're at a bachelorette. Yeah. But we had Tyrone's bachelor special. party a few weeks ago, and now he's actually married, so congrats to Ty. I know you're listening, and Danielle, wow, you guys are so cute. Ooh, your photos are so blah, nice. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but we had a ton of fun at that bachelor party. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, that was at your uh, parents' ranch. It's always yeah. nice to be there. And you know what's pretty funny, Jerry? I was thinking about this actually recently. We all went to swimming in the lake at your parents' house, which is yeah. Lake Ontario. Yeah. And then uh, I don't think I've ever swam in Lake Ontario before. But so, can you dispel a myth for us? Yeah, sure. Was it disgusting? Uh, I felt I was the first one in, and I didn't okay. really realize the. Uh, I didn't know it's like kind of a you don't really maybe do that all the time. I don't know. Did you grow up swimming in that lake? Yeah, we did. Yeah, it stunk. So here's what happens: early summer, it is beautiful, clear right. water, okay. nice and warm. Yeah. Later in the summer, what happens is the storm picks up all the algae and brings yeah, yeah. it to shore. 
Uh-huh. And that's when it starts to stink because yeah. then the algae sits and it rots okay. and it's decaying. It wasn't that so bad. There, Once you got out deeper, then it was like the deeper you got, the better it was, I found. Yeah, definitely. Because yeah. the, the, the stuff all washes to the shore. Well, I'm glad to hear that it was still pretty good that late in the season. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think it's a, a great spot. A lot of people are very wary of swimming in that water because right. of the toxins. But that's it's, it's a pretty clean spot. Now, I have heard about going swimming there. If you uh, were to take a boat and go out into the water like a kilometer and then sure. swim apparently it's beautiful like really nice and fresh water out there and really lovely to swim in yeah i mean i've done that uh only a few times i'm pretty scared of water in general yeah you're not a strong swimmer no the opposite you're of that really not yeah yeah a very weak swimmer mm-hmm. uh, but hey you know we all have our weaknesses and i'm and i'm more than happy to share w- with you all that that's one of them yeah yours would be swimming i'd say but uh, another thing about that bachelor party that was great is that we busted out the RV. Yeah. Always I, great to have. I just love busting out that RV, Calvin. And honestly, there's fewer times in my life when I'm happier than when I'm at the front wheel, the the, the driver's seat of that thing. No better and way to transport 15 bodies around either. Plus the driver. There were 16 bodies 16 in this thing. guys? Could you, uh, how, how many people are you allowed in a limousine? I don't know. Not even that many for sure. No, definitely I mean, not 16. I mean, but now what about one of those Escalade limousines? Escalade, yeah, maybe more. But yeah. but let's just say that Lily has the most, just for the yeah. RV has the okay. most. Yeah. Now, many people that I've told this story were a little bit shocked and thought it was extremely illegal what we did. Uh, what's that? Having that many people in there oh, with no, no seatbelts. No way. No? I think uh, once you get into RVs like that, it's strictly a weight issue. But you think... Nobody knows. I think it's impossible to know. Yeah, no. Would the cops give us a hard time if they pulled us over? Maybe, but probably not. They'd say <laughs> that we're having a fun time and wouldn't want to ruin that. Uh, officer, honestly, can you just let us go? Like, yeah. this is the one day this guy so gets to celebrate chill. before he's married. Yeah. Just chill. Yeah. I think they'd probably take pretty kindly to that. I, I would think so. So anyways, I just wanted to bring that up because, A, we didn't talk about it and, you know, B, I wanted to congratulate Tyrone on his uh, on his recent marriage because that's exciting. Yeah, let's acknowledge it. It's a whole new adventure. With a moment of silence. <laughs> no, this is a podcast. Dead air Sorry. is not allowed. Dead air. Dead air is not allowed. Another, one, another side note that I would add to the making a bachelor party great is, you know, we had a really good shell planned for what activities we were going to do. Yes. But then there were a few things I felt it needed in terms of wow factor. So my my other advice is when you're having a bit of a party, think of a way to add the wow factor. For us, it was renting a giant inflatable boxing ring. That was great. And I think that was a good choice. Yeah. No, it was a, it was a great choice. The giant boxing mists to go up to your armpits are also a lot of fun to get on and off. Yeah. Yeah, they were awesome. Uh, the next thing on my list is I want to talk a little bit about our upcoming camping trip. Not only because we're going on one, but because Friday, October 14th is International or National Adventure Day, whatever that means. Right, man. It's I am ho- just, it's, uh, yeah, I got my plan for that day already. You do? What are you doing? I'm just, uh, I'm going to take the day off work. I'm going to um, just chill at home because I just saw that they have uh, The Grinder on Netflix. Dude. So I'm probably going to watch The Grinder, probably going to go on Grinder. <laughs> And that, that's kind of my day. Do you know what that is, dude? It's like, uh, not really. Yeah, okay. We'll just go on and see what okay. happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, we were just made aware uh, that it was National Adventure Day by Zach Way, who's been a guest on this podcast, and we've been a guest on the WayFam podcast. That guy um, is always keeping us in the loop, man, and I'm I am so a little appreciative. Bit sh- I'm a little bit embarrassed that we didn't know I'm this, so Calvin. We have an adventure podcast, and we didn't even know that Adventure Day existed until today. Yeah, it's we're I a know. joke. It's a we joke. Are, man. We are no, we are a joke. I know that's why we got to step it up, <laughs> step it up on this. What is it? This Friday? Yeah. So Calvin and I have this made a Friday. plan to step it up. Earlier in the podcast, we talked a little bit about our annual camping trip that we try to do every summer, and it has not happened. Not no, we didn't. It's still but kind it, of summer, but it's happening. It's going to be freezing. It will be freezing. Calvin, I have a question. Have you planned out our trip yet or what? No, man. I have not even had the slightest idea. I'll figure it out, though. How how can I trust that? Spontaneity, man. How can I trust that? 
I'll make well, the call to the guy, to my guide, my Sherpa. But you, yeah, but you were going to call him three weeks ago. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. I'm starting to get a bit concerned here. He's not going to send us in anywhere that you don't, like, it's not going to be anywhere we have to pay to go. I would never do that. You know I would never do that to you. What are some other things we'd never do? That's a good practical tip. I would never pay to go camping somewhere. I know. Second, another Absurd. thing. You, you just said um, Well, uh, should I consult my list? You know what, Jared, that I just read on my list that I think you is You can bring su- out your list. I'm, those were the only two things on my list, so now we're free, but we got to I don't think I've ever mentioned interview. my list, but this is the list that I just have on my notes app in my phone, and I just right. write things down in there that I think about sometimes. Most <laughs> of the time, it's while I'm driving, and I'll just write them something down. The latest one, I was driving by a farm, and I wrote down, hmm, looks like it would be a lot of fun to milk a cow. <laughs> I've never done that before. It's something that I would love to do. So I, uh, I've milked a goat before. Oh, is that similar my, to a cow? Uh, similar, a little easier, a little smaller udders, and I just got right in there. You really need to grab those things and right. give, them a good sque- give them a good squeeze. It looks like so much, yeah. It looks like it'd be a lot of fun. And when we were in Iceland, we actually were staying on a farm, and we went and watched the guy milk his cows, though he had a pretty serious machine do it. Oh, yeah. So, so it was a pretty small operation. It was kind of cool, though. I would never. But yeah, that's a great I idea. I would never buy unhand milked cow milk, you know? Just something like you can't your, do. Like when you're camping or in general? Um, For this conversation in general. <laughs> you know? For the purposes of this conversation. It's just not the real stuff. No. No, it's definitely not. Um, Before we get to this interview, which we should, we should do, do we have any other tips for people uh, in advance of National Adventure Day on right. Friday? Um, I don't know, Jer. Um, it's kind of short notice for a lot of people. I mean, what's it? Today's Monday? And so they've got, you know, just a few days to get their lives together to yep. make Friday the most ultimate adventure. So maybe just kind of be realistic, um, but reach for the stars. Calvin, swing the for the w- fences. That is the worst. Th- we are a joke. Are we? We are, we are a joke. I just said to reach <laughs> for the stars. <laughs> When's the last time you've done that? Uh, that's a good point. Uh, we don't have stars in the city. I know, man. So that actually is good advice. Okay, Get out somewhere where you can see the stars. You're a genius, dude. Jeremy, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. But I didn't take no, it, so think how could I miss that it? One. Think no, about, no, no. Don't talk, just think. <laughs> All right. What's I next on your of, list? I will. That, my list is done. I say, That's I say it? Let's, you said, this yeah. is why? Okay. It was two things. Yeah. They went well. We Thank can't you. have like banter that goes on forever, dude. People love the banter that goes <laughs> on forever. <laughs> it says ninety plus minute episodes. Yeah, it's terrible. I, I we got to try to keep these things under an hour. Keep it tight. All right, let's okay. get to our interview with Keith Saint Ange. Keith, great to have you, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast, um, Keith. Uh, tell us, you know, before we really get going here, tell us a little bit about. Um, about your very colorful and decorated barefoot water skiing career. <laughs> yeah, we we were uh, looking it up a little bit, and there was just there was so much there. We're just bit, feeling a bit bombarded by information. So <laughs> I think it's just best to hear right from the horse's mouth what uh, what your titles are, what uh, what medallions you can uh, hang around your neck. All right. Well, I've been skiing for uh, let's see here, twenty eight years, coming up on 29 years, so since I was 10 years old, there, it gives my awesome. age away, <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been skiing for a long time, and actually, it's funny, I started off in my career not being able to win a tournament, uh, a regionals, a nationals, nothing at all, until I was uh, in the open pro division, um, oh. and that's when uh, I, I started, so 97 was my first uh, gold medal. And wow. from that point on, I've won, um, it's up to, let's see, as of this year, 17 uh, U.S. national overall titles, um, two overall world titles, and I have won um, is it 15 gold medals at the world championships. Um, won a footstock event, which is an endurance event, and a couple other um, fun little relay races that we do as well. So that's What's, uh, what's the endurance event? The endurance is pretty wild. Uh, I don't do it much anymore, but at one time we had kind of what we called it the Racing Cup Series. And okay, okay. you get basically four or five guys on a team. You get get on a river that's about, uh, you know, 
20 to 30, 40 miles long, depending on where you are. And wow. you do a relay race. So you, one guy gets Come up on. and he barefoots against four or five other teams all at the same time, kind of like drag race <laughs> <laughs> start. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's a blast. That's unreal. And then, when and that then you guy just gets, go till you're yeah. gas and then tag off to another guy? That's right. Yeah. So when that guy's wow. tired, he lets go or drops off. The boat spins around, picks him up. Next guy gets in and go. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Relay That's race. That's amazing. It's pretty fun. Wow. It, can you share with, with us a little bit about the difference between, say, normal water skiing or slalom skiing and, and barefoot skiing? Just kind of paint a picture for um, for our listeners, kind of what the sport is all about. Okay. Yeah, barefoot water skiing, you know, skiing with no skis, exactly like I said. Um, so basically, your skis are your feet, and uh, depending on what size foot you have, you know, it can make it easier or harder. Obviously, the, <laughs> the larger your foot is... The right. flatter it is, the easier it can be. Um, but uh, you just the funny thing about barefoot water skiing compared to water skiing in general is that you're you have such a small surface area to stand on. Mm-hmm. So technique right. is very very important. Uh, whereas you know somebody can get up on two skis quickly, uh, yep. even one ski or a wakeboard. But barefooting is a little bit more technique involved. So uh, hmm. yes, it, it's really easy. I mean, once you learn the technique and you and you understand it, and you, you learn it the right way, you can stand on your feet for several uh, seconds or miles and, and really enjoy that, that water kind yeah. of just cruising across your feet. Seconds there, uh... or miles. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the size of your feet and how, how balanced so you are. So is there like an ideal body type? Like for slalom skiing, obviously these guys that are like six foot seven are – amazing because they have these huge like like a huge reach is there anything like that for uh barefooting other um, than having a giant foot you know we thought that for years because a lot of the the really good barefooters from back in the uh 80s and, and 90s they were all short stocky guys but okay. then a few guys came around that were taller six foot and just strong with huge feet yeah. and they started doing all the same things these other guys were doing so I wouldn't say there's a specific um, body mm-hmm. style that that's that's better, but obviously we, we've always in the past the lower center of gravity you have, the shorter you are, the stockier, the stronger, the stronger core you have, maybe it'd be a little easier. Um, but now anybody can do it. Anybody can learn. Yeah. Even if you have small feet and all that stuff, you can still learn. We've taught people uh, all sizes and all ages. Right, and so that's getting into kind of a, the other half of what you do too. Is you uh, you run and operate a ski school in Florida, right? Correct. Yep, it's called the World Barefoot Center, and I own it with three other um, guys: David Small, the other multi world champion from England; Ben Groen from New Zealand, number three ranked in the world; and then hmm. the guy that coached me uh, since I was ten years old, my cousin. And he coaches everybody else at the uh, pro level, uh, Gary Swampy Bouchard. <laughs> Very cool. Swampy. Yeah. So th- that makes it sound as though you were kind of born into it. Yeah, kind of. Um, Swampy actually started a water ski uh, show team up in northern New Hampshire. And uh, his father and my grandfather built a cabin together up on the lake. And that's kind of how I got introduced to water skiing. My uncle taught me. Had huh. a water ski and two skis, and then one ski, and then boom, Swampy hired uh, the current world champion at the time, and he taught me how to barefoot, and that was that. I just, oh, really? Just, yeah. Wow. Right. And so obviously, pretty- at some point, you've then moved uh, to where you can do it more than two months a year. Yep. Yeah. I, literally at 13 years old, a newspaper reporter asked me, um, you know, just a local newspaper reporter said, what do you want to, what do, you want to do with this? And I said, I want to move to Florida own a ski school and win the nationals and worlds one day and wow. uh you know, as, the, as everyone says now <laughs> living amazing. the dream i'm still living the dream wow right well that's always interesting we had um another uh fellow on the podcast recently who's a who's a professional race car driver and he similarly had the dream from when he was very young uh how so it seems as though you were pretty focused on that and obviously you've achieved a number of those things what were some of the the steps that you took to to get to where you are today because i imagine there's a threshold where you're either like all right i'm pretty good but am i like good enough to go pro or to whatever so what was that point like for you yeah kind of unique you know being from uh, new hampshire and all that stuff i grew up snow skiing i grew up snowmobiling i grew up ice skating i really think that had a lot to do with my barefoot water skiing because it's so similar you know you have to stand on your feet on the water just like you ice skate right in that concurve and, and glide 
So starting off um, at that point, um, I kind of learned quick. Again, with that background, I think it was, it was a big help. And, you know, we trained hard. We went to a tournament just to kind of see what it was like. And once we yep. understood the rules and um, what the tricks uh, were, were being paid and what the trick run should be and all that stuff, we said, let's train. Let's, let's, let's kind of get into this mm -hmm. and, and give it our all. As you guys know, you know, three months out of the year, if you're lucky, before the ice and the, and the leaves <laughs> yeah. fall off the trees up north. So yeah. we pushed it really hard for several uh, summers in a row, and we skied. I mean, I skied three times a day, an hour a set. I mean, just skied until I couldn't hold on to the handle anymore because we were passionate about it and obsessed with it. And um, so basically, when I was in high school, that's kind of when I became pro. Came okay. pro around 16-ish okay. years old. And um, and I finished my career in New Hampshire um, but I I knew to to continue and make bring it to the next level and start a ski school and even and bring my skiing to the next level again I had yep. to move to Florida so I could ski year, year round so straight out of sure. high school boom to Florida I went cool. right um, can you kind of break down a bit for us what um, what the competition like how the competition works I mean Jeremy we're familiar with slalom skiing where it's rope length boat speed boys but what is it for uh, barefooting okay so there's three events. Um, First event would be the slalom event usually. So you have 15 seconds to cross the wake as many times as possible. Um, so when you wow. make your first motion, Whoa. yeah, it's pretty. It sounds quick, but you can get a lot done in 15 seconds. On, uh, on what rope length? We're on 75 feet, which is standard okay. for everybody for slalom, yeah. so it's fair. So okay. basically, if you cross the wake on two feet, it's half a point. If you cross the wake on one foot, it's one full point. So they just add them huh. up like that. Right. Yeah. So right. so, you so can I go, see on the site here it says slalom on your little profile, 20.6. Yep, that's the world so, record. So that means you've crossed the wake 20.6 times? 20.6 times in that? 30 seconds because you have two passes. In 30 seconds. One pass is forward right. on one foot, and the second pass is backwards on one or two feet. Of course, we do it on one foot, and you just uh, you basically push hard. No joke, I explain this a lot to snow skiers. If you're a snow skier, it's very similar to snow skiing. Pole, okay. pole plant, which is your yeah. your pulling lead arm, and then pushing your downhill ski as hard as possible, and that's how you carve across the wake. Right. Wow. Are, so, are your feet just thrashed after this? <laughs> yeah, like, like doing it three times a day every day about for your two feet, months. Keith. What's going on with your feet? <laughs> it's surprising, you know. The muscles in your feet build up, and it does not right. hurt at all over time. When you first learn, they get bruised and they hurt, and yeah, then sure. and then like like now I've been barefooting for so long. I mean, I've got baby feet. People think I have these big calluses and all that. I have a right. hard time walking on a gravel road. Um, and my and <laughs> what, what can happen, which is really. They've been tenderized. Weird. Yeah, yeah. Weird and scary is that you can actually burn a hole in your foot. Um, if you go long Whoa. enough and you're going fast enough and that friction builds up and people have yeah. burnt holes in their in their heels. Basically starts off as like a little blister and then it, yep. and it morphs into a, a hole. So it can be pretty Whoa. serious. It's yeah. not like it happens all the time. You have to be a good skier. You have to be able to go really far at a fast yeah, right. speed. And it can happen. I mean, we don't have that happen because we're always turning and moving on our feet. But people right. that just stand there, they can get that. So anyway, I'll move on. The next event is the trick event. So yep. again, you have two passes, 15 seconds down, 15 seconds back. Each trick is allotted a certain amount of points. And you figure out a trick run, you know, with tricks that you're strong with. And you just kind of you put as many tricks as you can together. And you want to be efficient okay. and clean and smooth and pack yep. as many as you can in there so um that's a trick event and then, so i see a number here on the site thirteen thousand three hundred. so what would a few of the tricks before you move on what would a few of the tricks been that you would have done in that run so some of the tricks we do are multiple turns so you can do um 360s front to front back to back so you can do uh, 540s 720s you can do a line turn where you step over the line to the back oh, yeah. position and step over to the front so much like trick skiing moves um, we do toe turns where you put your foot in the strap and turn with no hands to the back position and then turn back to the front. Yeah. Um, there's wake turns, there's flips. I mean, there's, there's so many tricks. It's pretty much endless. Would a 360 be airborne 360 or surface 360 um, or You both? can do an airborne, although not really, nobody really does. It has been done before, but mm. it'd be surface 360. Yep. Yeah. And you can I was do imagining it on your that would be kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, the, the surface ones are pretty pretty intense. Um, the air ones are pretty wild. Yeah, um, and I then imagine. you get the other 360, you can lay on your back and spin on your back, which is kind of cool. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That I've always looks so smooth and easy. Yeah, because barefoot yes. water skiers, they're going so fast, and as you're watching, they're just moving along the water. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're just skimming it and just doing all this crazy and stuff. And yeah, for reference, are you, is it 40 miles an hour? Um, about that, yeah. You can learn okay. at 30. I usually pull beginners, you know, 32, 33. Really? Uh, yeah. I thought it would have to be faster than that. Be, that's what a lot of people think, that, oh, barefooting, you're on such a small surface of your foot, you have to be going fast. But if your position right. is proper, you can go as slow as 28 or 30, especially if you're on oh, the wow. bar off the side of the boat. But, yeah, yeah we go, the, the pros, since we're on one foot and we're really aggressive, we go 46 most of the time. And what do you do with the other foot? Just hold it up? For the one-foot cross? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, you hold it up the, basically just in the air. Yeah, just so the judges yeah, can like see it. it up. Yeah, kick it up so the judges can see it, and you show them that you're going across on one foot. Yeah. Yeah, got it. And then the last event is the jump. That's it. Correct. The jumping. The jump. Yep. That's, how does that work? That's probably the most uh, insane fun event out of all three of them. <laughs> yeah. When you first start off, you basically um, just learn how to plop over. So you kind of ski up to the okay. ramp, which is only 18 inches high, 5 feet wide, and about 6 feet long. It's not big, but you've got to remember you're coming up to this thing at a pretty quick speed. So Barefoot. Barefoot. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so you'll literally just plop over. So you know, you'll go okay. 30 feet when you first learn. Um, and then, then you'll learn. And what are you a landing on your feet or on your back or on your, wherever um, you want? When you, when you first easiest? start off and you're only going 30 to 40 feet, most people land on their butt. Um, okay. but the trick is to land on your feet first. Landing your feet first takes about 70% of the impact off. And then you go okay. down to your butt and you have padding on your butt and your suit and you just yeah. kind of slide away if it's smooth. Now, as time goes on, you jump, you know, 50 feet and 60 feet, and then there's what we call the inverted style, which you you can pull up some videos and check out, you know, barefoot jumping inverted, and it's pretty yep. wild. You jump, you let your shoulders come forward, you let your feet go up behind you, and you literally fly like Superman through the air, and you can go 70, Unreal. 80, uh, <laughs> up to my partner, David Small, has a world record, and he jumps over 90 feet. Which Come is, on. yeah, it's, it's amazing. Uh, we have a speed limit at 45 miles an hour. You can't go any faster oh, than that. Okay. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Now, is that in competition <laughs> or in, in practice no, as well? In, you don't want to pass that. Uh, well, you should practice. You just practice at that since you can't call any faster than that. They, they right. say if you have the two identical jumps and you call half a mile hour faster, just a half mile, you'll go five extra feet. So speed <laughs> has a lot to do with this. Yeah, that's amazing. It's fun though when everything goes right and it's smooth. Um, yeah, it is the coolest thing. You you're like yeah, it's a weightless. Showstopper. Yeah, yeah, it's weight. You're weightless in the air again, flying like Superman. Any idea who the first guy was to start doing jumps barefoot? Because this seems like the sketchiest idea. Back in the day, they didn't even wear helmets. They built their own ramps and just literally skied up to this thing and went over it in, like, not <laughs> ideal water conditions either. <laughs> right. I think they started this it's... back in the 70s, um, right. early 70s, too. And then uh, the wow. first guy to jump inverted was Mike Seipel. Um, he kind of, he saw someone else do it. I think they kind of tripped over the ramp and almost landed it. And he had the same okay. scenario and he's like, man, maybe I can actually let my feet go behind me and land it at the same time. Yeah. 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 So it's pretty yeah, neat. So, cause you've been doing this for 30 years. Just about. So you've had, um, like, have you been able to see kind of the progression of the sport and the evolution of the sport uh, a long way? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I call myself the last of the dinosaurs right now. At least, <laughs> at least one of the ones that is still skiing. You know, I'm still the one that's skiing that learned on the low pole with a bungee cord rope and okay. you know suits that didn't have that much padding in them and things like that. Um, I'm the last guy still skiing that skied against you know the great names of the sport, Ron Scarpa and Mike Seipel and. And Peter hmm. Fleck and Brian Fox and hmm. all these guys. Um, so, yeah, I've seen an incredibly awesome, cool progression. I've seen the style, the technique change over the years. Sure. And it just gets better and easier and more enjoyable for people. That's awesome. So if you look forward five, ten years at the sport, do you have any predictions for what people might start doing or even where you'd see where you'd like to see the sport going? 
I've tried thinking of that and I can't. And yeah. and maybe it's just because since I'm involved in it and, and sure. I'm mm-hmm. older and I know what I can and can't do. But there's so many things that that'll be done in the next five to 10 years um, because yeah. just five to 10 years ago, people started doing things um, that were absolutely amazing that I never thought was possible. Yeah, I've heard of. Well, you've mentioned a couple times um, world records, like you and your partners having uh, some business with world records. What's that uh, process like? I mean, are, and how uh, how's that all get officiated? There is a um, a World Barefoot Council that oversees the uh, world records. Uh, that sounds okay. ominous. Yeah. The, uh, council. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Assemble. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so they have a, a world record committee off of there, off of that uh, barefoot council, and they review the record. So okay. there are judges from the past, uh, qualified yeah. judges. They slow mo everything. They look through it. I mean, they pick it apart. It's oh, very, yeah. very mm. difficult to get a world record passed, and rightfully so. So yeah. it's it's not only you and your friends who hold a bunch of these world records. It's now you know passing through your family. <laughs> uh, the way that we heard about you, Keith, was through a really lovely story about the world's youngest skier, the world's youngest water skier, and that happens to be your daughter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, that was something we always thought about. Um, you know, because my wife is a big uh, show skier and water skier as well. Since she was literally six years old, she's been skiing. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, we always said, hey, if we have, you know, a little one, uh, we knew Parks Bonifay, uh, his record skiing behind a boat was uh, six months and 29 days. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And so, when was that so, record? Yeah. That was over 30 years ago. Wow. Yeah. No so we kind of always had that in the back of our mind. Um, and yeah. then as we had. Uh, a little girl Zyla, we uh, what we did. My dad actually started it. She would be just laying on her back. He'd put her fingers up. He would she would grab his fingers and he would just sit her up. And it just kind of right. started like that. Just sit up, sit up, sit up. And then it came to sit up, stand up, sit up, stand up. And then she would just stand there. Huh. At about you know I don't know five and a half six months she was doing that. And then my wife said, why don't you go get those skis down? Because I had a little pair of junior water skis up in the attic. Get those yeah. skis yeah. down and put a little bar on there. And let's see if she can stand there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So we just started doing that for fun in the living room. Just, you yeah. know, putting yeah. her on the skis, holding on to the little bar. And she would literally... Hold for the Christmas card. Yeah, exactly. She would stand there and just smile and laugh. And we'd all just clap and say, yay. And, um, and That's then, amazing. And then it got to the point where, like, she wanted she wanted to do it herself like she was crawling <laughs> over to this thing or, or i should say at the time rolling over to it and like you know pointing at it yeah so yeah. we take her and put her on it and put her on it and put her on it then it got to the next step where she was so comfortable doing that and she was so comfortable in the pool and she was you know kicking around and we were dunking yeah. her and she was she was, she just loves the water that we said let's let's put the put her on the skis and let's pull her across the carpet in the living room and see if she can just stand there and balance. So that's awesome. So I had a friend uh, pull the skis and I would follow her behind and watch over right. so she wouldn't fall. And we'd do that up and down, up and down, up and down. And she would laugh and she'd smile. So, you know, after about, a, I think about a week and a half or two weeks of doing that, my wife was the one that said, let's get her out there on the water and let's, let's see if she can ski. Let's see, how she, you know, and I was actually a little hesitant. I was like, That's ah, amazing. I don't know. Let's just whatever. And we literally let it go on for another week um, right. until until my wife's like, we're doing this. Let's go. And I was like. <laughs> and was the like, clock is ticking for the world record. Here. Yeah. And literally Every for, day. for me, I wasn't even really thinking twice about the world right. record. I mean, I said, sure. oh, I'd be cool, but it, just whatever. If it happens, it happens. So yeah. my wife said, there's three days to go until that world record is set. So we need to get <laughs> out there. <laughs> so I finally get uh, my, my buddies at the ski school. We get together. We get the boat. We got um, we went to a certain section of the lake uh, where it was shallow, where I could kind of run next to her. And uh, we went out there. I had everything set up. Actually, before that, it was kind of funny. I put these weights. I, we figured she was about 20 pounds. So I got 20 pounds yeah. of weights. I put the weights on the skis in the oh, pool. Right. And I would drag the skis across the pool to make sure, like, how fast are we going to go? Is it going to be balanced enough? All right. this stuff. So um, that worked out well, too. We put her on the skis in the pool and just kind of dragged her along. And she yeah, was fine yeah. with it. And then we went to the water. And no joke, I mean, she just did it like she was standing on the carpet. 
in the living room. It was, it was, she made it look easy. That's amazing. The video is like by far one of the cutest things I've ever seen. (laughs) I mean, she just, she truly does look so comfortable and just so content to be just bossing on these skis. It's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. So yeah, six, six months and 26 days, uh, was the record. And just as, uh, I think it was a month and a half ago, somebody broke that record. Um, Oh really? Yeah. Yep. Somebody broke it, which we were expecting it to probably happen this summer or like, or like the South of the equator, like down in Australia, they're, they're coming summer because it got out there so much like that cnn video had like 8.4 million views oh yeah it was kind of a big story like a really fun kind of lighthearted yeah. big story so i'm not, I'm not surprised that other people kind of tried to yep or they're like yeah we got to get on this yeah so it was pr- and by like neat. by what what's so do you, do you know what the the current record is yeah they beat it by one day so six months 25 <laughs> days now there's a couple other people out there that that said they broke the record as well um, I, I would say it's a different kind of record. They're pulling the child um, yeah, yeah, on skis while, they, yeah, while they're running down the beach type deal. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's cool. I think they should be doing that. It's a great way to start. But I don't think it's true water skiing if it's not behind a boat. Right. So there's really nobody out there that's, that's you know has the guidelines of what, a, what the yeah. true record would of be. Course. I mean, I went off Parks Bonifay. He was behind a boat and he was on water skis. And now people are <laughs> running down the beach and they're putting their kid on a U-shaped ski, which aren't water skis. So those are my guidelines that I tried to follow. Um, well, good for you. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's fun. It's, it's just a cool thing. It, you know what the coolest thing is that my wife and I love is parents are getting their kids out there on skis yeah. with this little contraption yeah. that they saw us make, those little PVC uh, pipes yeah, that, yeah, that make the bar. Grab rail. Yeah, and now more people are doing it. One-year-olds, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, more and more kids are getting out there and the families are enjoying it. So it's just been mm. awesome. So, Keith, get this. I'm uh, an expectant father this coming March. Congratulations. And uh, Which is going to put me right beautifully in time for our 2017 summer where we get two months of skiing and <laughs> to crush your record. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So I'm, uh, I'm coming after good, you. Good, man, good. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, you know what to do for practice. Just uh, just practice up there right. in the cold. I just got all the insights. I was going to say, you just you gave know. him all, all the notes. <laughs> Can't wait to see it. Oh, uh, that's so good. Well, yeah, that's. I just thought that was a really fun story and, and a neat way for us to to connect with you and cool to hear. Yeah, the the little bit of history behind that and some of the people that have been uh, that have been doing that before. Um, one thing we always like to talk about on this podcast is adventure. And if you think about the uh, adventure that you have been on for the past, you know, thirty years on the water, um, you know, experiencing nature and the outdoors. Um, how has that adventure impacted the rest of uh, the rest of your life or other parts of your life? Oh man, I mean, barefoot water skiing has brought me around the world, which you know I'm very fortunate about. Mm. And that right there is the adventure in itself. I mean, I've been, I've pretty much been everywhere except for South America, um, and just meeting great people. And the cool thing is when you travel and you hang out with people from around the world, they, they show you their neck of the woods, you know. They show you their their extreme things that they do besides water skiing. Right. So yeah. I've got to do, you know, just so many cool activities and um, I've seen the world and uh, my wife loves to travel. I've been able to bring her with me. Uh, we've been married for almost five years now. So she's traveled with me down to South Africa and japan and taiwan and um just all over the place and it's been it's been a fun adventure sharing uh those times with her too so that's been pretty neat um and then even i do an rv tour every summer um and we were really? in the, yeah we were in the rv it's been kind of one of my dreams to always tour the rv or tour the states in an rv so we did we bought an rv and got some, a few sponsors to help us out um and wrapped it and we kind of went up the east coast and across the top in the midwest and back down in the south central no and, way yeah we did hmm. that like a three-month tour so that was really neat you know because we get to see things on the way you know stopping in um downtown philadelphia and um ruby falls and all niagara falls and all these different things on yeah, the way so yeah. that was yeah. a really cool adventure and we've done we've done that for the last five years. We usually do wow. we just usually just do a month, the last four years. But this last this year this summer we just did uh, three and a half months in the RV, um, in and out of it kind of. But yeah. uh, that was pretty neat. So that's that's been a really really cool fun ride. That's uh, awesome. Amazing. One of the one of the main ways that we we adventure as well is in our very old RV. 
a bunch of buddies and and uh, Calvin, myself, and a bunch of others. We have a 1979 GMC Vanguard that sleeps six comfortably, up to ten if you need to. <laughs> so we love we love taking that thing. We've taken it all all across the country and uh, through the states, and it's really an amazing way to see uh, different cities, to see the country, and to uh, find adventure. So it's very cool to hear that that's part of uh, some of the stuff that you do. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a good time. Yeah. Uh, another thing we sometimes like to get get from f- different perspectives on is if you were to uh, give some advice to someone on how they can add more adventure in their everyday, uh, what what is some advice that you might might give them for that? Uh, you know, from your experience. Well, depending on where you live, of course, but uh, I would say traveling is probably pr- probably the best way to get out and see and explore and find new activities to do. Hmm. There's a lot of really neat things close to people that they don't realize sure. uh, are in their backyard, you know? Um, and if you're going to be up in the North, like you guys or Midwest or wherever, um, you know, RVing, like you said, with yours, that's a blast. The coolest thing about it is that you have everything with you, you know, your food, yep. your sleeping accommodations. Right. You don't have to be in a hurry to go anywhere. Um, and, and that's, that's a good way to start. Um, other things too, I would say, um, just get out of your comfort zone as far as um, like I live in Florida and, and people are mm-hmm. and, and people are always saying, you know, we're we always thought, well, we got to go someplace else if we want to go on vacation. And that's what people think. Yeah. But there right. are so many cool things just to see right here in Florida that my wife and I were saying, let's just and we have done this several times. Let's just cruise around Florida until we really start traveling further outside. I mean, I get to travel for work as it is so that's kind of convenient but we found all yeah. kinds of cool things to do in florida like you can swim with the manatees and go to the springs and there's beaches everywhere and cool yep. campgrounds i mean there's so much florida has to offer and every state is just like that you just got to get out there and check it out absolutely i think that's Little fantastic advice everywhere. even calvin and i we try to take a camping trip to somewhere new in ontario every summer there's tons of beautiful places that uh, are just ready to be uh, explored and discovered just right in our backyard i think that's great advice and i love that other little point of don't be in a hurry that's another really great way for things to spontaneously happen and for for right. neat stuff to, to happen so thanks for that it's great that's the rv lifestyle yeah love the rv lifestyle. it slows you, you down which is it. good yeah that's right love it you can't go more yeah. than 90 kilometers an hour or what is that, 50 mile an hour. Exactly, yeah, right. <laughs> You're literally slowed down. It makes you actually stop and look around. You're not going so fast. You can see the side and the mountainous areas and the, the plains and all that stuff. You get to really yeah. take it in. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Well, is there um, is there any last uh, things that you want to share with our listeners about maybe any more fa- neat facts about uh, barefoot skiing or, or why they should take it up or, or not be afraid of it? I'm personally a little bit afraid to try it so i maybe <laughs> you know maybe i need a, a bit of a coaching session but, but well, Colin and i both love slalom skiing but what's what's one thing to take the next step even and that and that's what i tell everybody it you're better off learning the right way so find a ski school or barefoot right. ski school to learn the right way you can Not learn off a kneeboard yes yeah that's a great way to learn off a kneeboard or even oh you oh that's yeah a good way then. for sure yeah. okay. or even better than a kneeboard a wake skate or a wakeboard take the bindings oh, wake skating yeah take the bindings off the wakeboard or sit on a yeah. wake skate because it doesn't okay. Por- oh, okay. doesn't porpoise as bad as a, as a hydro slide or kneeboard kneeboards yeah, yeah. are really um you know buoyant on the water it's hard to balance so, so do that mm. get a wakeboard or a wake skate Sit on that, get in the curl, and just have the boat take off and just let those feet kind of sit in the water while you're going slow, and you'll be able to just kind of stand up. Get the feel for it. Yeah, really? yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely barefooting. try that now if all we need is a wake skate yeah. to just mess around and try it. Then the cool thing is, too, you don't even have to barefoot your first try. You know, just get up on the wake skate, sit on it, put your feet in the water at, at about, you know, 20, 25, go really slow, and just kind of get yeah. the feeling of your feet being in the water and mm-hmm. where the water line should be because you don't want the water line to go over the balls of your feet. They should be just underneath that. Right, right. And just cruise like that. And you don't don't be forced to stand up if you don't want to. You know, I think people rush into barefoot water skiing. They either try to step off a ski or get up off the kneeboard, and they just kind of go for it without really knowing mm. what to do. So a couple of easy things, um, wake skate or wakeboard, put your feet in the water, let them glide. And as the boat takes off, you should not have to go any faster than 35 miles an hour. But the most important thing to learn, and this, this will be good for your listeners if they want to try barefooting uh, this coming summer, if they come down here during the winter time. Yeah, is yeah. I, lots of us do. Yeah, lots of us Canadians. Yeah. 
It's, uh, think of three, I call it the three 90s, three 90 degree angles, a 90 degree in your knee, a 90 degree in your waist, a 90 degree in your armpit. And if you have those three 90 degree angles, like you're sitting in a chair or you're sitting yeah. at the dinner table with your arms across the table, you will be able to glide on the water. Now, if you pull hmm. in your arms and you push your hips forward and you push your ankles in front of your knees and, you know, we'll call that plowing, you are going to struggle with barefoot water skiing. So just keep right. your three 90s in the back of your mind and focus on that and maybe even practice a little bit on dry land before you try it on the water and you'll do it. So you're yeah. telling me my office job is the perfect way to practice my barefoot position. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Get a handle hooked up to the, uh, the computer no there and stand up a little bit. <laughs> Lock those joints in place. Get that muscle memory just uh, snapped into the 90s. Oh, that's amazing. All right. Well, Keith, yeah. thank you so much for your time. This was uh, really nice to chat with you. And uh, congratulations yeah. on all the you know the amazing uh, accomplishments that you've had and that your your daughter's had. That's all really exciting stuff. Oh, thank Where you, Where can uh, people find you on uh online on social media and and uh and your and your uh your center yep you can go to the uh, worldbarefootcenter.com that's our website it has all the information about the ski school there and uh all our all of our team members um and you can go online as well to uh, facebook obviously world barefoot center um mm-hmm. i'm under keith st Ange, uh, last name st period o-n-g-e instagram keith st Ange, all spent uh, spelled yeah. out um, hard to find. Yeah. <laughs> and the coolest thing that I think uh, everybody will really enjoy is uh, go to YouTube and type in World Barefoot Center, visit our channel, and you will see all kinds of really fun, cool videos and a lot of good wipeout videos. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love the wipeout videos. Man, you're getting me pumped at the. We should have done this interview three months ago. I know. <laughs> I'm not it's like now we have to. Out. But maybe it's good because now we'll be ex- it'll get us through the yeah. winter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah just just took the boat out this past weekend, so it's. Oh. Done for the season now. Oh, it's easy, shoot. Calvin. We just got to go down to uh, World Barefoot Center. It's said on their website right. they're open 365 days a year. That's right. Come on down Keep, anytime. Keith's ready for us. So Maybe we can uh, park our DRV in the parking lot there. Perfect. Heck yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Keith. Thanks, Keith. All right. Thank you, guys. Keith St. Ange, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Thank Man. you for coming on the show. You know, he was a great get. He was someone totally out of our realm of friends, someone we reached out to blind, and yes. he said yes. That's what's... He's doing it, man. He is doing it. And not only him, but we are doing it. We are spreading our wings in this world of podcasting. It feels good to get someone just straight cold. I mean, you're in the sales world. I'm not. But I mean, I, th- I would feel that maybe you in the sales world have that experience sometimes. Yep. Every day, I sell so much. Right, every day. <laughs> not a thrill at all. Was no, it's not a thrill for me anymore. I need bigger thrills now. It's like drugs. Oh, but uh, was that was that a thrill for you? Um, uh, it was it, it was encouraging for me to for sure to get a response from someone completely cold. Yeah, but it was you, encouraging for I me went too. A really because usually, way of doing that, that, I kind of contacted him in a way that I don't normally contact people. Which is how I had secret. I can't tell you. It all worked right. too well. Well, well, I'm glad it worked because you're usually terrible at getting guests. You're like, hey, dude, hey, dude, we got a podcast. <laughs> Want to come on it? Just trying to make a short email three pages <laughs> long. <laughs> Anyways, back to my first point. <laughs> we have a podcast? No. Calvin, you've been great at, uh, at getting guests, and I'm just so thankful to have such a great podcast partner. Thank you. This got so sentimental so fast. I'm uh, I'm actually planning. Okay, reality. We did this interview with Keith a couple of weeks ago. Since then, I'm actually um, planning, sort of planning, trying to get down to that ski school. Dude, in, in that'd ja- be amazing. In January, are you going to be in Florida in January? Yes. My, well, you have to. I really no. want to drive down, and then yeah. I thought if I stop already mapped it out, we can just stop there because we're like we go for quite a bit further south, but we could just stop in there for a quick tow and then continue on our path well now that you've said it on the podcast i'm definitely going to hold you to that you i know to. but if, if we end up flying no 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 no, 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 drive. no 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 you're going yeah drive down drive down with craig or with jeff let yeah, the ladies that, fly that's a good point too but um, yeah funny that we did this interview now like we said in the in the show i think uh like it gets us excited for skiing again i know it's sad right because now you got really into skiing this year right <sighs> kind of yeah i did it's yeah. pretty fun. Like once I oh, figured it fun. out well, it's like, oh yeah, this is going good. And you can do it. 
and I can do it. You're young, nimble, and agile. That's, hey, that's what it is. One more thing off your list, if you want, before we close here. Off my list? Yeah, because you had all these things on your list. Man, no, Unless this you just list want to shut her down. My, my list is like a hundred things long, and I just break those out when they need to, you know, for to fill in dead air, like the cow well, thing. That was gold. Yeah, that was pure gold. The so, anyways, thing, the, pure gold. Dude, that got I a got lot another of negative car press. Thing. No, no, no. no, no. Tell that you the, seatbelt the thing, thing. That seatbelt thing. The International yes. Seatbelt Federation was on us on that. I they know. said you cannot cut seatbelts, sir. Do not <laughs> cut that belt. <laughs> I uh, I have uh, a pr- okay. We got to talk about this. I have a prediction for the car world, the automotive world. Oh, As no. we move into driverless cars, it's gonna get weird in these cars. You know, and you you know when you look into someone's window, yeah, and uh, um, you see you know they're just driving, not much going on. Now, when you, if you look into a car that's gonna be a driverless car and look into yeah. their window, people are going to be doing weird things in there. You don't know what they're gonna be eating, sleeping, who knows, canoodling. So they, um, they could be playing ping pong in there. Yeah, you can do whatever you want in there. Because it's driving itself, you got it's free time. So yeah, there's tinted windows, but I'm thinking frosted windows. I've Ooh, never seen so a car just, with frosted windows. So before. it's just silhouettes. It's just silhouettes. It's just classy, you know? It's I, like I, it's I, like a classy <laughs> bathroom door. <laughs> Frosted you, can, window. Cars. What about like you can have like settings, right? So it's clear, frosted, tinted. Yeah, that's pretty significant technology. Yeah, but it's going to be there. Oh, yeah. I like I like driverless car predictions with Calvin, but let's save the rest of them for okay. another day. Yeah, there's, a, there's so many up in my noggin right now because <laughs> it's all I've been thinking about. <laughs> Uh, everybody, thank you for tuning in to the Open Road Podcast. We hope that it helped you find a little bit more adventure yeah. in your everyday. Um, please celebrate, uh, you know, um, uh, National Adventure Day this celebrate Friday. Celebrate with us. If you t- uh, hashtag Open Road Pod in your uh, photos, uh, we're going to give you a prize. Yeah, we are going to just in the hashtag also include your mailing address, email, social insurance number. You'll get a prize. <laughs> Absolutely, sir. Uh, yeah, no, but I think that's a good idea. Hashtag open road pod on photos and we'll get a prize out to them. I think we still have like a shirt or something from some of our early uh, guests that we can pass out. Yeah. I think we have a cool Ubuntu sweater. I was going to take that. No, you're not taking that. We're giving it to a listener. I've seen you wear it. <laughs> yeah, zip it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a zip <laughs> it, man. All right, quarter zip it. So anyways, find us on the web, openroadpod.com. We would just be so grateful if you shared this podcast with be a friend delighted. of yours. Shoot them a text, say, hey, listen to this podcast, and better than that, invite that friend to have an adventure with you. You know, podcasts aside, we just want you to have more adventure, so go do that this weekend. Yeah, you know, I think this is, I mean, we've really been pumping the whole download subscriber thing. You know, maybe we should ease back a bit, Jer. I know, I don't think I so. Bad. I think we want to we grow the show. Calvin, you told me you want to quadruple the show in three months. I know, I did say that. <laughs> No, I th- wait. No, three weeks. Three weeks. I this know. guy's got crazy demands the on clock's this podcast. Ticking. <laughs> Our analytics are going to uh, just go through the uh, roof. Yeah. So, anyways, we're going to sign off. I think uh, we've had a lot of fun today. Thanks again for yeah. listening. Okay. Bye bye.